I'm loving this. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome to this edition of Morgan the Asport Podcast. Nine o'clock on Tuesday, uh, November fifteenth. Michigan State just upset Kentucky in the Champions Classic, and right now they're up to number eleven with Penn State. Oregon dropped all the way to twelfth for the playoff selection committee. I don't think anything will really change. The top four will still be the same. They're the only four undefeated teams, and I'm assuming they will stay. Probably even in the same order, you can make an argument. Maybe TCU jumps to number three with a good win at Texas. Uh, but overall, all, all that matters is the top four. Once you get there, you got to beat somebody anyway. Um, you know, really just kind of, you know, we'll talk Iowa State here in a few minutes. And then a little bit of NFL discussion and, and not a whole lot this week. Trev, where are you at and uh, how are you doing this week? Good. I'm in uh, Salt Lake City tonight. And the rest of the week, uh, before we get into football, just wanted to give a quick little shout out to our boy, Zach Bryan. I, I was going to bring that up. Okay, well, I probably stole your thunder then, so nope, I apologize. Go, go, nope, go ahead. He was nominated for a Grammy for country solo performance up there with Miranda Lambert, Willie Nelson, Mary Morris, and Kelsey Ballerini. So there were some people that were thinking he'd get more nominations. I spoke to some people that thought he wouldn't get a single one. So uh, it's kind of cool to see him up there. He's posted plenty. He really doesn't care about awards, but I think for his fans, it's kind of exciting and and good to see. And then, of course, he was on briefly on the first uh, episode of Yellowstone on Sunday night. So I think that was his third time being on the show since it started. Yep. Playing in the background of the bunkhouse, uh, Whiskey Fever, correct? Whiskey Fever, yeah, playing in the background. They had Shane Smith and the Saints on there. Then Laney Wilson is obviously going to play the character Abby, I think she's going to be pretty, I, I don't know for sure how much, but uh, she's probably going to play a pretty decent role. Yeah, that's what she, I mean, just kind of things that you've heard and seen that, yeah, she's not a, a one episode character. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it. So that, I like her a lot. And yeah, for Zach, it was kind of cool. Um, somebody posted a picture of, and I, and I don't fully understand how the Grammys work. Uh, I'm not going to pretend to, but of all the new artists of the year, uh, he basically had double all their weekly streams. Yeah. I, you probably saw that one too. And I did. I saw that. Not that that means he should necessarily win it. There's a lot of factors that go into all of this, but I thought it was interesting. And uh, he's obviously, he's got a lot of followers. So whether he wins awards or not, uh, like you said, he really doesn't care. I think it's more fun for the, the fans. That have been oh, yeah. And, and, and I, I truly believe he doesn't care, but, he is a human being and to be up for awards and to know that other people respect and recognize what you're doing is good. And, you know, whatever, however you want to say it, that does feel good. I don't care what, you know, everybody has a little bit of pride in that. And anytime you make content or do anything, when someone recognizes it, it's a, it does good or it's a good job or you did well, 
whether it's your boss that tells you good job on the day, your your kids, you know, say I love you. It doesn't matter what it is. It does feel good. You're right about that. And I'm sure he, he does appreciate it from his peers being the Grammys. Uh, there, there's still some some things going on with the Grammys. I've read it's still kind of the good old boys club in a way, just not as much as like the CMAs or whatever. I don't fully understand it. Not going to pretend to. But like I said, I, I was happy for him and seeing all the fans online uh, that were that were happy for him as well. I think he'll probably get more out of that. But you're right. I mean, he's going to he's not going to not know about it. Yeah, his big fight right now is with Ticketmaster, so. Well, and they just had a big one with Taylor Swift today. You probably saw a bunch of stuff online about that. I, actually, I didn't see that. What What is up with that? Well, she she has got her new tour going on for next year. The tickets went on sale however many hours ago. I, I don't know the exact time, but it sounded like it was a complete mess because Ticketmaster, and you can only imagine the millions and millions of people that were trying to get tickets yeah. to that. I saw Taylor's girlfriend got some for her and the Howard family for the girls. I think she had to wait like nine hours or something and various different emails that people were trying to log into her account to maybe steal tickets or someone joked around. <laughs> maybe it was Ticketmaster trying to log back in to buy them to get them and then sell them for double the price. And it's just, yeah, Ticketmaster, that, that's been going on for a long time since Pearl Jam called them out way back in the way back in the day. So uh, it's, I don't know what the answer is there as far as musical events go, because the venues have a lot of control. Um, yeah. Anyway, if you, if you look at that today, Taylor Swift, a lot of fans tried to get her tickets and it was very tough for, for a lot of them. Yeah. I mean, it, Ticketmaster is just a, used to be, you bought a ticket for 50 bucks, you paid five bucks for handling or whatever. And, you know, a couple of dollars in tax and so you bought a $50 ticket. It was 60 bucks. No big deal. Now you buy a $50 ticket and it's about $38 in fees. That's, that's what I just don't get where all that's going from. And you know, it's a, it's a credit card fee for $5. Well, you don't have any other choice. You have to buy it on a credit card and it's a mobile delivery fee of $5. Well, you don't have a choice. It has to be mobile now. Yep. I mean, if they're charging fees that you, you know, they used to be able to mail you tickets and even, Last year, when I went to the Ryder Cup, I was nervous as heck about this. I ordered tickets, probably through Ticketmaster or something, or through somebody. They actually mailed them to my house. <laughs> you know, I mean, they were actual physical tickets. And yeah, uh, that doesn't that doesn't happen very often. Anymore. No, I was, you know, we're planning on going. We had rented a hotel room for lots of money because we got pretty close. And I'm like, Dad. It says it'll be here on Thursday. And I mean, we're leaving Saturday, you know, and uh, they, they came and everything, but it's still. That's nerve wracking, actually. It's really nerve wracking. Because you don't, you got to make sure those tickets get there before you can leave. Yeah, and... there's no point in going if you don't have the ticket. They're not just letting you walk in. Oh, I have bought tickets. Well, yeah, so did everybody else. Yeah, and that's, and I feel like that's the thing Ticketmaster and a lot of other sites did uh, during COVID and after they really took advantage of online only, mobile app only all that type of stuff. It is convenient, but yeah, they, they can basically charge whatever they want to an extent. So it's, it's frustrating. I saw Zach, I don't have Twitter, but I saw a tweet or something that he's going to try to do some concerts in the future where he has control over who gets in, how that works. I don't know, but someone said, yeah. well, can you really have three to 5,000 people waiting in line, you know, at a, at a door or a window to go buy tickets? He's like, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe. 
Yeah, that would be, you know, and, and the, the COVID was a joke anyway, because I had tickets to the Chicago Bulls over spring break, and they canceled it, but officially it was postponed. You know, so they wouldn't give you your money back. And, oh, okay. you know, I mean, they did not. I bet I waited at least six months till, it finally, till they finally went back and went to the the bubble, you know, where they truly did cancel the games, went back to the bubble mm-hmm. and then played. That's when they released our money back to us. I mean, it was just crazy. You know, everybody, I mean, it didn't matter that, you know, they uh game was supposed to happen March 5th or, or March 15th, whatever it was, that now the game might have happened September 10th. That there's no way you could have went, you know. I mean, yeah, it's just. Yeah, the, the average Joe's like us with the typical careers. Uh, you, you can't plan that far ahead. And as teachers, it's tough enough to get a day off during the school year anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, that That's always a tricky situation. Or in a lot of jobs, just in general. So, yeah, it's it's pretty unfortunate what's going on there. There does seem to be a lot more uh, people calling out Ticketmaster and all these other places for their for what they're doing. So we'll we'll see if something changes or not. Probably nothing anytime soon. But it seems like a lot of people are are catching on to it. Absolutely. So, all right, now let's get into. There's the more part in our Zach Bryan uh, segment. We should just add that to as a weekly segment. To our, to our uh, podcast here. All right, now let's go college football. Um, number one, Georgia. Number two, Ohio State. Three, Michigan. Four, TCU. Five, Tennessee. Um, that's, you know, that's probably the way I see it. Any of those teams, obviously Ohio State or Michigan, one of those teams is going to lose. And it depends on how that game goes. But, I mean, I could really see uh, Georgia, the winner of that game, TCU ends up undefeated, and then Tennessee. I mean, I, I think that's the most probable uh, four right now, I would say. Who'd they have at six? I, I don't have it on currently. Did they have LSU uh, or USC? I think it was LSU. It, it just has the top five listed right now. Okay, uh, okay. Yeah, that's – They're talking to somebody. I, don't, I have it on mute. I don't know. I'm not listening. There's still a lot yeah. of scenarios that can happen. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's – We talked about it last week. TCU, if they if they run the table, you you got to put them in most likely. I you know I would think. Uh, obviously Georgia, and then what do you do? The yeah. winner six, six is in. LSU and seven is USC. Eight's Alabama, nine Clemson, ten Utah. USC is the the little outlier there. Where if they, I mean, they because they are a big time name, and the Pac-12 has not been in the playoff very often. Um, they, have a, they have a big game Saturday night. If they would end end the season twelve and one, you know, them in Tennessee for that four spot, you know, let's just you know, um, you know, say TCU is lost, that's uh, going to be a tough battle because I don't know, do they want two SEC teams or do they want to get that other conference in? Yeah, there's there's a I don't know. About a dozen different scenarios here that could happen, and yeah, and then and we, we spoke about a lot of them last week, and it not a whole lot's really necessarily changed. Oregon no, lost, but the the Pac twelve lost a lot of their um, momentum. They, they had multiple scenarios. Now it's only USC. Yeah, that's their only horse that they have. That's yeah, it. yeah. They they had UCLA, 
They had Oregon, but both those teams lost, so they're done. I forgot you. I forgot uh, UCLA did lose. You're right. Yeah, they, they lost right. Arizona. Yeah, so that's uh, that's no good. Yeah, I didn't watch that one. Was after I watched the Oregon Washington game. That was just a great football game. Um, yeah, it was just really good. I watched it after the Iowa State game. So, yeah, we did at the uh, the Amistar Casino there in Council Bluffs. Uh, I was with with Taylor and Alyssa there. That uh, that was a great ending to that one. The UCLA game, I didn't I didn't see the ending. They didn't have it on the TVs that we were the area that we were in, but yeah, the, the, it should be a good good finish to the season. A lot of still a lot of open scenarios. Of what could happen? Could two or three SEC teams get in? That's still on the table. I think could potentially two Big Ten teams get in. Yeah, maybe probably be yeah. one. And um, you know, it'll be interesting. It'll be went out. It'll be interesting if TCU loses, so they're out. Um, if it comes down to one loss Tennessee, and let's just say one loss Ohio State. Let's say Michigan wins it. Who do they put in? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I think they would have felt I mean, obligated. Then you can put in you. Then you can you can say USC into there. Oh one sure. Loss, yeah. One loss Tennessee. One loss USC. One loss Michigan. All big time names. I mean, obviously SC and Michigan are bigger than Tennessee, but. Tennessee's a real deal, and they're only lost to the number one team in the country. Um, but, you know, Michigan's only loss would be to the number two team in the country. You know, I mean, it's like, I don't know. <laughs> it's smarter people than me have got to figure this out. And that's where, you know, no one liked the computers, but that's where it would be nice to see the computers because the thing that's holding Michigan back, and, and I think this might get them out of there, if it is really close, is their non-conference was god-awful, like horrifically bad. They played Nevada, Colorado State, and Hawaii, like three of the bottom ten teams in the entire country for their three non-conference games. Yeah, that's that's not a real strong uh, non-conference schedule. No. <laughs> uh, no, awful. Yeah, it's – you know, the – when this playoff does expand to whatever whatever it's going to do, it it might force some teams to play some tougher non non conference schedules because they might need a a victory there to to get them a vote in. But yeah, th this should be a wild finish of the college football season, uh, regardless of Iowa and Iowa State. Like we've talked about many times, it's it's going to be a, a fun finish, and most likely by the time it's all said and done, there's going to be at least one, maybe two teams fan bases that really are going to be ticked off that they're not in. Oh, yeah. Now, and, and here is an un, unintended consequence of that 12-team playoff that, that most people want. I mean, I, I truly think it's probably best for the sport. But if we truly go to the 12-team playoff, that loss by Oregon and that loss by UCLA, doesn't matter. They're both still in. So that game, those games truly didn't matter. But right now, they matter a lot. That is the special thing that college football has that most other leagues don't right now, even the NFL, that's the one downside to the NFL is you lose five games. You're in the playoffs. You got a chance college football. You got one loss to play with maybe. And when you get to the 12 team playoff, now you're talking, now you probably have two losses. If you're a, a big time name, you probably have two losses to play with like Alabama's in, you know, 
Their two losses, who cares? They're in, and no one would want to see them in a playoff. I promise you. No, you're right, and that brings teams with even a three loss. Yeah. You know, Alabama has three losses and a smaller school. Pick whoever has two. Well, does yeah. Alabama jump them? Yeah, LSU would be in the I, – I think they would be in the 12-team playoff, and they'll have three losses if they lose to Georgia. Sure. Um, yeah, they would be in. And they're in. I, I would think you know, they would be in. I do, I do, too. I mean, I would assume they'd be in the top 12. Um, yeah, because they're, they're uh, sixth right now. So, I mean, it's uh, – yeah, they're not going to – losing the number one team in the country unless they get ran out of the building, um, they're not going to drop all the way to 12. No, I mean, if they get ran out of the building and they drop to 13th, well, then, you know, that happens. But if it's a right. close competitive game, they're going to keep them inside that top 12 area. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, so that is the unintended consequence of the 12-team playoff is the regular season is diminished. And and yeah. no one – you can't argue that. No, but when you – you know, if you decide to go to a playoff, then you probably do need to have a – a bigger playoff, I would say. I don't know if 12 is the right answer, but it's just it's so much focus on these four and then the two or three that are left out. If you expand to six, eight, or 12, you know, especially yeah. 12, then it gives – there's years that it gives a lot more programs out there, Iowa included, and Iowa State a couple years there with – Yeah. No, they'd be, it, they'd be in the mix in the conversation. That That is exactly why they're going to do it, is right now there are – eight teams, eight to 10 teams that truly think they can win the whole thing. Um, when you get to the 12, you're going to, you know, eight to 12 teams, eight to 10 teams that have a legit, you know, if things break the right way and everything happens, they they could get in that top four, probably really only about eight teams. Mm-hmm. If you get to the 12 teams, now you're talking 15 to 20 teams can get into that playoff. Yep. So, so you're doubling the amount of teams that these games matter, you know, um, you know, but again, you know, if you're TCU, if this 12 team playoff was happening, you know, right now, essentially you are in a playoff every week you lose, you know, you're out, you are in the playoffs right now and you got to keep winning. You know, if you, in that 12-team playoff, they could lose one, maybe two games and still be there, depending on who they lose to. Um, you can't lose to Iowa State on the last game, you know. Uh, no. but can, you, can, can you lose at Baylor this week? Yeah. As long as you go beat Iowa State and then win the Big 12, you know. Yeah, then you're in. You're in. So, again, it's just right now the pressure is, you know, USC can't lose. You know, Alabama can't lose. They're probably not going to get anyway, but they are essentially in a playoff format. They have to win the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, really Michigan and Ohio State, they have to win except for that Michigan-Ohio State game. Yeah, and then they have to win the Big Ten, which and they, then should. They, they should. But, you know, it still is uh, – games are funny sometimes. I mean, you don't see it as much in football as you do basketball. Um, but upsets do happen. Yeah, they do. And, you know, looking forward in the future, kind of what you were talking about, you could be a team sitting there at 18 to 22, and you might have two losses. But if you look, you, you say, hey, if we went out, we might have a chance to sneak in. 
And like you said, that creates a must win every week. That creates viewership, fans in the stands, because, you know, until you lose that game, if you do, people are going to be interested because they want to make the playoff. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're, you're talking, you know, if you go to that 12-team playoff, now you're talking, you know, Utah, Central Florida is involved. Um, yeah, you're all the all the two lost teams are in, you know, in, the, in that conversation now. Mm-hmm. And then a few three lost teams, uh, depending on who you are and who you might have to play. And if you can win your conference of one of the right. big, one of the big ones, if you know if that's possible. But again, it right. still creates that what if, and the what if is big for the fans and the media. Yeah. It creates storylines and keeps people buying those tickets, getting their butts in the stands, tailgating, and and getting those uh, hopefully higher ratings on on television is probably what they're looking for here. I mean, it, it's sad to say, and you know, I love going to games, and but it really isn't even about who's there. Because if it was about who was there, the Big 12 teams and the Big 10 teams and the SEC teams would, those three leagues would get together and throw a heck of a party and have great football games to be had. Because the Pac-12 doesn't have anybody come watch them. No. The ACC doesn't really have that many people watch them. No. Nope. Um, and it would be those three conferences and it would be, no contest, you know. Yeah, it'd be those three. You're right. Uh, we've, we've talked about it in here many times, everything out west here. Unless USC is really doing good or maybe yep. in Oregon, that's about it. Yeah, Oregon, uh, Oregon. that that place was rocking. I think Oregon, you know, there are exceptions. Clemson obviously sells out. Yeah. Florida State, when they're good, don't kid top, yourself. Top to bottom, though, you, you said it's the big three there as far as yep. fan attendance. Yeah, I mean, okay, so Iowa State, you know, two weeks ago, one win in the conference – you know, it's raining, it's 43 degrees, there's 58,000 people. Not a sellout, but 58,000 people were still there. Now, what we're going to really see who they are. So I just talked to my dad and my son today. It's going to be like five degrees on Saturday here. We're going to the game. Um, I didn't know if they'd want to. I mean, I'll go, I'll go anytime. But my dad said, well, does Tyler want to go? So I called Tyler tonight. He wants to go. So we're going to dress up nice and warm. And we're going to go sit and watch the Cyclones. Well, I tell you, I remember being young, too. Sometimes those cold games, and if, I don't know if there's a chance of snow or not, but when I was younger, I really liked the idea of that because that's what, you know, football in the snow or the mud. Oh, yeah. So, and, you know, it'll still be a good experience. That's good that you're going. Uh, yeah, I, I can remember being his age and being like, rain, snow, sleet, hail, it don't matter. And, and we've been there. to a couple other cold games. You know, we'll – I mean – We'll dress it, you know, everybody's seen Green Bay where everybody wears their hunting clothes and everything. Heck yeah, that's what I'm wearing. I'm going to probably wear my coveralls and and everything. And we got Tyler's going to go deer hunting with me this year. And he, we got him some new coveralls and coat and everything. So we'll have blankets to sit on and wrap up in. And, and we've done it before. I actually went back and looked at, yeah, we took some blankets to another game and stuff. So, but he just, he goes, who do they play again? Texas. I go Texas Tech. You know he, you know it, it. We've talked about this. It's a lot more fun. He's getting older. He understands uh, winning and losing and who they're playing and how good the other team is. And yeah, there was no question. He goes, I go. It's going to be really cold. We're going to have to dress really warm. You know, we're not going to sit out and play catch or anything like we've done most of the time. <laughs> no. And uh, we're going to drive up there and. Uh, 
drink some hot chocolate and uh, probably be about it. <laughs> Set by a heater, hopefully, and then go into the game. And, mm-hmm. and if you play catch, it'll be about two throws each, and then your hands are cold. And that's about yep. all you're getting. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know Willett said something about he was going to have – he was supposed to have – I need to text him or call him. And he was supposed to have a kind of a, a work kind of party and invite people up and tailgate and stuff. I just – you know, I don't know if they will or not. I mean, it's – I mean, truly, like, some of the coldest um, weather – and the Hawkeyes are going to play in it too. They're up in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it's, it's going to be – I wish we were playing, you know – Wish Iowa State was actually really good and was bringing up and like say they were, you know, eight and two right now and TCU was ten and zero and you know number four versus number ten and they were coming up to this weather but two sucky teams and who cares who wins but <laughs> I mean yeah that's the only thing that stinks is it doesn't really matter. But I guess I I've, I've been forgetting this all season. I saw Andy Murphy posted this on Facebook earlier. Iowa State can still make a bowl, though, technically, can't they? Yeah. They, I mean, I, I'd yeah. forgotten that. Yeah, they, they have two games left and have four wins. And there actually is – CBS put this out that there's a metric or whatever that if there are not enough six and six teams that they will take five and seven teams. Mm-hmm. And Iowa State would be the second five and seven team taken, which – in my opinion, you have to take that game. We're not at a program. We can't be turning down bowl games. And those, it's not actually about playing in the bowl game. It's those 15 practices that you get that help your team over the course of seasons and years and um, program development. So that's why you need those bowl games more than anything. No, agreed totally. Yeah, this isn't Alabama. You got you to take that bowl game and get everything out of it that you can. Right. I mean, it's, you know, it's not what you wanted, but go play. Like the one I saw was First Responders Bowl, which is in Fort Worth or Dallas. They play UNLV and who cares? Go play them. Hopefully you win the game. Um, But you got those two weeks of practice, which is huge. That's right. Uh, Kind of getting into Iowa State's game uh, last week. Did you want to touch on them first? Do you want to get in Iowa? Yeah, yeah. let's go ahead. Um, really, this comes down to you cannot turn the ball over five times. You turn the ball over five times, I don't care what else you do, you will lose the football game. Um, their defense played great, gave up one big play, um, but just could not overcome the five turnovers, missed a field goal. Um, yeah, and you're just not going to win. And, and, and the sad thing about it all, they still had the ball at the 20-yard line with a chance to win the football game. As bad as they played, they they played horrible on offense. And they still had a chance. And that just – it just drives you absolutely insane. And it's it's been that way all season. You know, we had another drop touchdown for a, you know, pass for a touchdown with about five minutes left. We're down uh, four, I think. And yeah, wide open, perfect pass, drops it. I mean, it's just second best receiver. At least it wasn't our best receiver this time. Second best receiver just flat dropped it. Uh, I catch it though. Yeah, no, and and that's that is the difference right now for Iowa and Iowa State. Iowa's offense still isn't very good. 
It's really not a lot different. Maybe a little bit better, but not a lot. But Cooper DeGene makes the interception and returns it for a touchdown. He catches a punt and able to return it 41 yards. He steps up when his team needs it. That's what Iowa State, whether it's offense, defense, doesn't matter, special teams. Um, you know, our punter averages, like in the second half, I swear he averaged like 36 yards a punt. I mean, that's horrible for Division One punting. Uh, should be punting about 42 to 47 yards a punt. And then over 47 is a really good punter, mm -hmm. but you, you got to kick it over 40 yards. Yeah, most of the time you do. You're right. It, yeah, it just sounds like everything you've been talking about this year, they're close. They're not too far off, but the special teams and the offense can't quite get it together. But yeah, I mean, defense is top 10. Yeah. Uh, probably the best defense ever at Iowa State. Um, they got two, you know, two turnovers. That's the thing they don't do. That's that's the difference in Iowa's defense and Iowa State's defense. Iowa's defenses forces turnovers, and then they, they convert those turnovers into touchdowns. I mean, it, and Iowa State doesn't force a lot of turnovers. And when they do, like they had one really good return for probably 30, 40 yards. Um, but they just don't get pick sixes and things like that. And and there's other times, you know, they did a good job on Saturday, but other times throughout the year where plays, balls are batted up in the air or whatever, and they are not intercepted. A ball gets batted up in the air against Iowa. It is caught every single time. And that just goes to show you that the defensive staff at Iowa is just whatever they do on their turnover stations or whatever uh, is absolutely amazing. And and they just got to keep doing every Everybody should just go watch them and do whatever they do. And kind of a running joke here in Iowa is uh, Parker, Phil Parker should go to Kirk Ferentz and say, triple my salary. And Kirk Ferentz should say, yes. Same thing at Iowa State. John Haycock should go to Matt Campbell and say triple my salary, and Matt Campbell should say yes, and and take it away from the offensive coaches. And uh, but yeah, that's that, that's not too far off. And you're right. Whatever Iowa does uh, in their practices, however they they teach them, yeah, I think just about just about every school in the country should be looking at them of what they're doing, and it, and that's a big part of the reason they've had a lot of wins over the past so many seasons is that they do convert them into touchdowns or big returns. And then they're able to get a field goal or touchdown off of them. Mm -hmm. And that that's makes all the difference for Iowa over however many years it's been. Yeah. I mean, Iowa had a hundred, 146 yards of total offense on Saturday and won the game 24 to 10, won the game by two touchdowns with 146 yards of offense. Yeah, if you look at the stats, it, this is an ugly Iowa Wisconsin Big Ten game late in the year. It doesn't make any it, nothing makes sense in this game, but Iowa comes out victorious and and not close and not close. I mean, it wasn't. Yeah, even no, close. it really wasn't. Yeah, it really wasn't. Uh, it was yeah. ugly, but that that was to be expected. I mean, and, and I love Matt Campbell. I do. He he, what he has done at Iowa State is 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 you know historical and they are better than they've ever been but he just preaches winning the margin 
And in the last two seasons, they've done everything but win in the margin. And there has to be some serious questions and some serious in-looking that either something has changed in the last couple of years or what they're do- what they are coaching isn't working and they need to change it up. Um, I, I, I don't think the offensive coordinator needs to go, but I do think the quarterback coach and I think the offensive line coach needs to go. Those would be my two uh, to go. Bring in some new people. Defense, leave them alone. Don't touch them. Just like at Iowa. And I, I think uh, Iowa probably would feel the same. Um, they probably want the coordinator to go. Um, or See, I, I don't think he'll get fired. I think Brian Ferentz should go coach offensive line. Um, this is me personally at Iowa. I think he should be the O-line coach. If you want to leave him as a run game coordinator or a co-offensive coordinator, that's fine. Bring in another guy that's the quarterback coach and make him the coordinator or co-coordinator, whatever you have to do. Uh, but I just think that's what you need to do. Because you look at, at Iowa's offensive line isn't as good as it has been. And when when Brian French was coaching that offensive line, they were as good as anybody in the country. So I do think he is a very, very good offensive line coach. Just I don't think he's quarterback coach. No, uh, put, put him back with the O-line, like you said, and maybe, maybe see if we can uh, get Ricky Stanzi to come back and maybe coach the uh, – be the offensive coordinator, the quarterback's coach at least. I always liked Ricky Stanzi. I have no idea what he's doing, but uh, – Drew Tate's yeah. coaching. Yeah, I, I, there we go. That's that's my favorite Hawkeye ever. So I'd be more than happy to – to give that a try anyway. But yeah, Brian Ferentz back at the O-line, I think is probably the right move. Do I think it's going to happen? Yeah, most likely not. No, let's kind of move to Iowa. They've won three in a row now. Um, and in that thing, I just, with each of these wins, it's just less and less likely that any change happens. Um, you know, they talked about it. You know, they just weren't clicking. They have gotten better on offense. They are not as bad as they were. Um, they don't control their own destiny to win the Big Ten West, but their odds are very good as long as they win the two games. They got to beat Minnesota, and they got to beat Nebraska. And then the only thing they have to have help with is Michigan beat Illinois. And that's likely. I mean, it's not no guarantee, but it is likely. So the odds are probably favored right now for Iowa to go uh, meet Ohio State or Michigan in the Big Ten title game again. Yeah, and it'll be – if Illinois loses to Michigan, which I think most people expect, this will be a tough game for Iowa up at Minnesota. But if both those things happen, you would think that Iowa will beat Nebraska at home, but you never know. That could be Nebraska's little game of the year to keep Iowa out of the out of the Big Ten championship. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's – yeah, and I mean, I really – I think they'll beat Nebraska. Obviously, the tougher game is this week at Minnesota. Weather's going to be cold. Now it is for both teams. But, all right, welcome back here. Uh, I know it cuts us off here uh, right during the my Minnesota rant. So I'm going to kind of pick up right where I think it dropped off. But, you know, Iowa's a better team than Minnesota, I believe. I Minnesota's good. Uh, but Iowa's playing really good right now for them. And 
I truly hope Minnesota loses every game with PJ. Actually, I don't even hope it's not even Minnesota. I hope PJ Fleck loses every game he ever coaches. That guy just rubs me the wrong way. And, you know, I don't wish anything ill will on Minnesota, but I do wish ill will on PJ Fleck. Um, do you see that picture of him talking with the no socks and the high pants and whatever? What do you see that picture today? Yeah, he's 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 tough to handle. He's he's a little much to say that he's a little much to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I agree. I you are a hundred percent correct on that. And and you know Kirk, Kirk Ferentz does not like him at all. Uh, he doesn't say a whole lot about other teams and other coaches. But was it last year or the year before where? We'll take the pig, but we'll leave the timeouts or whatever. Um, so you know that he is not a fan. And, yeah, so, I mean, and so, yeah, so I was talking that, you know, Brett wanted to bet with no, ju no juice, and I'm all about that, but I'm not betting on Minnesota to win a football game because I want them to lose. Yeah, you've been pretty clear on that uh, this year for sure and probably in the past, but – yeah, PJ, PJ Fleck is is pretty annoying. Minnesota, you know, overall, I have really no beef with them. But yeah, PJ Fleck is uh, definitely rooting for Iowa in this one for obvious reasons. Even if I wasn't a fan, probably uh, I'd, I'd probably still be rooting for Iowa. Yeah, kind of like uh, this might be this might be the one game of the entire season where you're probably rooting for Iowa secretly, not really, but you'd like to see PJ Fleck lose. Oh yeah, I want Iowa to win by a hundred. Absolutely. I, All right, well, then no secret. Then he fully said yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no secret there. No, but Iowa is playing better. Um, you know, kind of a little bit of flack. Um, I don't have a problem with it. Um, you know, Spencer Petrus uh, last week kind of said something about everybody had us written off three weeks ago. You know, now look at us. Everybody's jumping back on the bandwagon. Uh, I guess Tory Taylor said something to David Icor or whatever his name is, uh, one of the paper guys, uh, about how do you like us now? Um, you know, something about – and I don't mind those guys having a little bit of chip on their shoulder because three weeks ago everybody was down and out with this team. Mm -hmm. And the job that Kirk Ferentz and the rest of the coaching staff and the players themselves just keep working, keep trying to get better, and it's worked, and they are. And they have themselves in a position to go win the Big Ten. Um, how how crazy would that be? Um, somehow they they essentially three wins away from playing in the Rose Bowl. Think of it that way. I mean, if you really want to get down to it, three wins and they play in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, three wins away from playing USC or whoever in the Rose Bowl. And yeah. it is it's possible. It's gonna be tough, but I agree with you. I don't blame those players at all. No, I don't have a problem with it. I understand why people do. Um, it's like, you know, a little bit of sour milk there, but those guys are competitive dudes and they are division one elite football players. And, you know, those guys, I, I truly think 15, 20 years ago when things were written in the paper and everything, they did not look at that and they could hide themselves from it. You can't hide yourselves from it now. Um, everybody's got a phone. Everybody has everything sent right to their whatever. You may not like pull up the stuff, but when you're just scrolling through Twitter or scrolling through Instagram or on TikTok, whatever they do, they're seeing stuff. You can't help but see it. And, you know, 
and and just a great job by the Kirk Ferentz of getting those guys to just keep working hard and getting better. That's all you can ask for. And, you know, they weren't quite ready to go at the beginning of the year, but right now they're playing as good as they can play. Spencer Petras is what he is. Um, there's no point in asking him or expecting him to do anything different. That's what he's going to do. Yeah, get him, get him to make a few big plays a game, and you're going to have a chance. Like you said, it's, it's human nature nowadays. Everyone's got social media, whatever platform you want to pick. They're on it. They see everything. I don't mind them having a chip on their shoulder, just as you mentioned. Uh, they should. As critical as I was of them earlier in the year, just like a lot of people were, if I put myself in their shoes, they, they should be a little bit ticked off and say, hey, you know, you guys rid us off. Now we have a chance to make the Big Ten championship potentially and maybe even win it. Uh, they have to believe that because they're the ones playing in the game. Oh, absolutely. Individual athletes. So I don't I don't have a problem with it at all. Yeah, I don't I don't either. Um, so do you think they they uh, win the next two games? I mean, obviously, we can't predict what's going to happen, but does Iowa pull out their end of the bargain? I think they do. And I then do I do, too. I mean, as I really of right do. now, I think they they win the next two and then they go to the Big Ten and, you know, lose 43 to nine or 10 or something like that. You know, will it, will it be better than last year? <laughs> I don't or know, because I I think Michigan's better than they were last year. Ohio State, I'm, I'm to be determined. But yeah, regardless of whether they whoever they play there, it's probably going to be a 30 point difference in the score, I, I would think. Unless unless that Iowa defense can get three turnovers. Right. Or more. That's that's the that's the thing about Iowa that you have a cho chance in every game with the way they can uh score on defense. You know, they get that turnover, they score. You know, when they get to special teams, uh Cooper DeGene gets it, he can score, you know. Mm -hmm. Um Taylor can pin you back in your Taylor own five. Yeah, if they have the, the decent field position, Michigan or Ohio State can start inside their 10-yard line five times in a row. And you do that five straight times, Iowa's defense is going to cause something to happen. Yeah, because that's not – you're not typically used to doing that. That's not easy. Right. They're going to have an interception. Um, they're going to make you punt it so you catch it at the 50, and they're going to have a 15-yard return. So now all of a sudden you have it at the 35. You know, just things like that that – are just hidden yardages, but it's what Iowa does, and it's how they win football games. Yeah, you said it best. Hidden yardages, hidden yardage is probably what Iowa has done better than I don't want to say any program, but most I, I, I would say better than any program Trevor. over the last 20, 22 years yeah. or whatever it's been. Yeah, that, that's a good point. That's my that's the best way to say it. I think. Yeah, just you know, like you said, you know. Make them punt it three times from their end zone. One time you get that 15-yard, you know, return to the 35. Now you only need five or ten yards and you got a field goal. You don't even have to get a first down. Yeah, you have a chance at a field goal. And if if your offense can make a couple plays, yep. heck, you might even score a touchdown. Absolutely. So, all right, now let's uh, move on to the NFL in a great week. You know, just great football games, Buffalo, Minnesota. That game was over three times, I think, before it actually was. Yeah. Um, I think Buffalo even tweeted it out, you know, and they held them 
they know, did uh game that's game or ball game or something to that effect and you would assume so they i mean I, i'm not killing them for doing that um two minutes left they just stopped them uh but you know they stopped them and then the dreaded fumble happens you know and that's where there's a debate and i was at iowa state right now where we get down to fourth down and one or third and one and we got a shotgun and we have to get five yards instead of one yard. And everybody criticizes them for not going under center. Well, it's because they don't practice it very much. And guess what happens when you don't practice it a whole lot? You fumble it. How many times does Josh Allen really go under center? Not a whole lot. Mm -hmm. What happened? He fumbled. Um, now, the amazing part is he drove them down in a minute. Got a field goal to tie it. So, I mean, he turned it around in a hurry, uh, but uh, it didn't didn't go, you know. We talked about Tom Brady, you know, 45 seconds going down and getting that touchdown. Those are the quarterbacks and those are the teams that win Super Bowls. We're going to talk about Justin Fields here for a second. Now, I understand he's only in his second year and, you know, I I tweeted out or I sent a message out when I when Chicago missed that extra point. I'm like, I can see this from a mile away. That's gonna come back to get them. I mean, I could. I you could see it oh, forever. Yeah. You you knew it. I was at watching it at the at the bar and I knew it too. You just knew that that game was too close and it was two teams that are bad record wise. Right. That you kind of knew at that moment that was ball game. Yeah. Now they still had a chance. Justin yes. Fields got the ball back with a minute left and didn't go anywhere. So he is not at that same level as Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, you know, Josh Allen, mm -hmm. Joe Burrow, I would say, would be getting into that. Now, as our friends on the chat would say, it's because the rest of his team sucks. I don't disagree with that, but he has not proven – Tom Brady didn't have the best receivers throughout his entire career. There were times, look at what, when he had the best receiver, they almost went undefeated. You know, that's how good he was. Um, when they didn't have the best receiver, he won seven Super Bowls. You know, so you don't, great quarterbacks make receivers. Justin Fields is an amazing athlete, quarterback, whatever you want to call him unbelievable with the ball in his hands but like i said if he has to stand back there and throw it to win the ball game he's not there yet and i know my friends don't like it but i i truly believe that we're gonna find out this year they've got 134 five million dollars in cap space and they're gonna have good draft picks but then the other thing is you got to win football games you can't win three games a year um games that justin fields has started their record is not good. No, the record's not good. And you're right. Eventually, he's going to have to start winning games. He's only started 20 so far. So his last six or seven are way different than the other ones. Right. I, oh, I, joked, around on, I joked around on Doug DeCock's comments on Facebook. He, he took, that, he took that down. Yeah, well, I said he's not that many games away from already being a top 10 Bears quarterback all time in history. Oh, and I really? said that with tongue in cheek, but I'm – I, he, I he's, that he's way better than top 10. Yeah. 
he's the top two or three quarterback already for the Bears. The Bears quarterbacks have been awful. It's not been good. So you're right. Eventually, and you say when he's when he's back there to he do, also doesn't have a lot of time to to no, stand and, there. And and that's the issue too is but I think the real key though is if we keep seeing this the rest of the season, they spend the money as you mentioned, they draft some players in the draft, then do we see the real growth next season? That that's what it's going to come down to. And if we don't, well then he's not the guy probably. Right. I, I do but think I, it's sort of as simple as that. He's going to keep playing well this season in spurts. It might it might be the real answer might be next season. Yeah. Can and then here's my question: Can you win football games consistently with him running for 135 yards a game? I don't think you can. You no Super Bowl winning team quarterback wins football games with their quarterback running for 100 and some yards a game. I think under the age of 27, maybe, but everything has to work perfectly. He can't do that as an old man. Obviously, that's, well, no. that's not. Well, I'm not worried about an old man. I'm worried about in the next three years. Well, I mean, we we talk about running. A lot of team people like to say sometimes teams that run the ball well win. So I get your point. Probably not. Probably not. Um, there's going to be times, especially in the playoffs, if they are there. Of course, he's going to have to make some passes. He's got to complete some big throws in crunch time to get them in either field goal range or score a touchdown. We we know that's what's going to have to happen. Well, that, that, and, and, you know, say he does have a year where they do get to the playoffs. Let's just say next year. I mean, obviously they're not going this year. You know, they, they finish 10 and six, 10 and seven, I guess now get the six seed or whatever. They're playing the two seed, you know, he's, you know, probably in that scenario, probably a top five MVP guy. Um, I think he would have to be. And he's running for 125 yards a game. And you know those playoff teams are just going to sit back there and dare him to throw the football. They're going to play man-to-man defense, and they're going to sit and just wait for him to run the football. They're going to say, if you beat us passing, you know, that's what Belichick, you know, has done. Take out the best player. Well, the best play for right now for for Chicago is call pass play, it breaks down, and he runs it. That's the best play. And, you know, a Bill Belichick-type coach in the playoffs is going to take that away. Can he do what is not his strength to win a football game in the next couple of years? That's what we're going to have to see. I hope yeah. he can. That's what we're going to find out then, over the next and year and a half. I will be wrong. But – this year, I don't think he can do that. If if they truly took him away from running the football, we the Chicago Bears would get ran out of every game. Yeah, which kind of I agree with you. Which, but it also tells you kind of what to think about their roster, as you mentioned. It's not. I I told you before the season I thought they might have a chance at the number one overall pick. Well, they're they're not horribly far off. They have three wins. Yeah, they're not horribly. I don't think they'll get it. But yeah, they're going to be a top ten team most likely. Right. Right. So they're going to get a good player wherever they decide to spend that at, or maybe. Do they out. actually get to draft this guy, or is it still in one of those trades that they've had? I well, I'll have to double check because a few weeks ago I was wrong on that Raiders one. I, I got confused on that one, but I'll I'll double check. I think the Bears have their own pick this year, but I could I could be wrong. Yeah, I mean I don't. They've trade. They've had a lot of trades and 
and everything. So I, I think they, I think they have their own first round pick, but I'll, I'll double check that for next episode. But yeah, really this season, in my opinion, if you're a bears fan, what you want to see is him continue to make some plays in the running game. Cause he's going to do that naturally, no matter what you can't right. expect him to not do that sometimes. Right. Like a Josh yeah. Allen. And, and that's what you want. You want, I mean, Mahomes yeah. and Josh Allen, you know, when the play that is, be the, that should be the icing the, on the cake. Yeah. If that's all that's there and being able to extend the play and then run for 25 yards, you have to do that when the play presents it, but it can't be your number one play. No, it cannot be a number one play. I, I agree with you there. So the rest of the season, hopefully see some improvement out of him in the pocket. Maybe Chase Claypool can emerge as a guy. Uh, he needs some motivation. That's well documented, uh, his time in Pittsburgh. So if they can find a few players here, their running game, though, even if you just take uh, fields out, they've got some they've got some good stuff going on with the running game. Now if they can kind of shore up the O-line, maybe get some receivers to emerge. And then, as you mentioned, they got a ton of cap space. They have draft picks. Can they make it all come together in an offseason? Uh, a lot of times, teams with a lot of cap space, they obviously overpay because they have to. That's just the way it works. Right. But if you get a if you get a few good players to come in and they hit, then you've got something going. Yeah, I mean, it, I just – what's the number one receiver? You I know, that's a free agent. I mean, that's what we need. Oh, I, mean, I, I haven't even I haven't even looked at the list of who's going to be free agents, to be honest. Um, right. People bring up probably OBJ, but he's old and injured. He's, right. he's, he's a guy that you want to bring in if you're a Super Bowl contender and you want to get five to eight games out of, hopefully. But yeah, no, that that we'll we'll talk about that maybe here in a few weeks. I'll start talking about some of those names. But yeah, I mean that at least the only thing I would say, at least for Bears fans, at least there's a little bit of excitement. Oh yeah, and and the games are are close. You know, it's frustrating that they lose, um, but at least, like you said, it's exciting. There's they scored, you know, thirty points or whatever, which hasn't always happened. Um, you know, I would say the last five years, I, I would need to look back, but I would say that's in a five-year span, that's probably about the least amount of wins they've had ever as a as a NFL franchise. Um, it's not been good, you know, and many of those games were not even fun to watch, and so now it's at least fun to watch. So that's good, and he he is. He can make plays when needed. He does need some help. And Ooh. then when it, when we get the help, let's – hopefully he can make the plays as well. Yeah, then, then we'll know. We'll see. I mean, he needs – like I say, he's only started 20 games, I believe. So he, he needs a little bit more time, but at least things are not trending downward. At least they're trending upward at the moment. Right. So so here here's the question. I think Trubisky's second year – the Bears were 13 and three. And, you know, it looked good, but you probably knew that he wasn't the guy because you had a good, had a great defense, great defense. Mm -hmm. now, now you don't have a good team really at all, but your quarterback might be really good. I don't know what's better. Um, well, I'd rather. This is easy to say, of course, but I'd rather know I potentially have a quarterback rather than not, and then try to go from there. But yeah, I mean, it, it, 
there, there's a lot of there's a lot of factors that that go into that. But I think we all kind of knew Trubisky was was limited. Fields, right. I, I don't know what his ceiling is quite yet. I don't know if we've seen it, which is right. which is the exciting part, right? Because he he could be very damn good, or he might just flame out. Time will tell. Yeah, the upside it does look good. The, yeah. poten the potential and everything is definitely on the upside. It's I don't they didn't waste the pick drafted him. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it, was, I, it isn't a it isn't a bust as a pick, which is a good thing. Yes, absolutely, absolutely not at this point. So you gotta try to find a franchise quarterback. You gotta try to find a Mahomes, Allen. Well, and, Herbert, that, that's, and that just pisses a guy off because. We drafted Trubisky at number two. It could have had Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes. Now yeah, Watson, no, I, Watson got his own issues, but, but he was very good. Yeah, and he was a very good quarterback. Mm. And that obviously Mahomes has done what Mahomes has done. Yeah, and I and we traded really up to get him when I don't think we would have had to trade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a good trade for the uh, the 49ers, I think. There that that was I didn't see Mahomes coming like he was, but no, I I get you at least. Just to end this, I, I think the good thing though is the Bears took a chance, and now they're seeing some of the potential of that chance. And will it continue? We'll know a lot more one year from now. We'll have a pretty good yeah. answer, I think, a year and, from now. And and here's, you know, and and this is nothing on Fields. It's just the Bears management has screwed up things more than any franchise known to man. Um. And this this management team did not draft Fields. They don't have any loyalty to him, besides his contract and trying to build the best team they can. So they should be loyal to that. But that's the only thing: is the coaching staff and the GM are all brand new. All first, he's a first time GM and he's a first time head coach. So they've never been in this situation of signing and drafting and putting together an offseason like they are going to do coming up. So we'll see. Yep. But as of right now, a little bit of a little bit of hope for the Bears. Yeah. I agree. All right. Anything else in the NFL? Um your, uh, how'd, your how'd your picks do? My picks had written down here real quick. I went three and two, so we'll take that. Got to 27, 24 and two on the on the year. Want to touch real quick on on the Green Bay game. Obviously, Dallas loses, which always makes right. me happy. Green Bay pulls off the victory. Most people had written them off. Uh, yeah. the, the, the NFC is kind of weird. I mean, there's a lot of teams in the NFC that can make the playoffs. Uh, probably well, both conferences, I suppose, but that you know, Green Bay stays alive. Well, and that's so I'm going to ask you that. So, a couple things in the NFC. We're going to go to the NFC here, especially with Philadelphia losing to Washington. Let's say Green Bay gets on a roll here. Tampa Bay turns it around. San Francisco has all the ability. I think. You know, is there a team that's not? Seven and one, eight and one, you know, let's just say not Philadelphia, not the Vikings. 
Well, one of the other teams, if you had to take those two or the field to go to the Super Bowl in the NFC, what do you take? You said uh, Eagles or, or Vikings? Eagles or the Vikings, or you got the field. Ooh, that's a tough one. I, I, I agree. I still might go San Francisco. I agree. So you take the field. Well, I mean, that's a field. That's a field, yeah. So, um, yeah, the, the Eagles, I think, are still a really good team. They, I thought Jalen Hurts played really pretty good last right. night, actually. His receivers had – he had some other players make some mistakes, and that happens. Uh, that's why it's so tough to go undefeated. So I really don't put that loss on him that much. Um, Washington's an okay team. They're not great, but under Heineke, they're, they're competitive. You can't count them out. So, yeah, if I had to take the Vikings or Eagles or the field, I'd probably take the field in the NFC just because you got Tom Brady, Rodgers, you got the 49ers. Um, I'd probably take the field, I think. I, I think I would. Um yeah, I'm not gonna Cowboys count out. I'm not gonna, yeah, I'm not gonna count out the the Packers just quite yet or Tom Brady. Um, he looks, you know, like we t- we talked about this. It's not so much that he, you know, is now out of the house and it, it's just there's some re, re, there's some stress relief there that now that it is finalized and stuff that it's just easier and now he can just play football and not have all the other things on his mind. And he's playing a lot better and the team is playing better. This seems like the perfect time for them to pick up momentum. You spoke about last, last week, you get that off your shoulders where it's officially off, you know, not that not everything's just done. I mean, there, this is a lifetime thing that's going to keep going, but the initial feeling of just that stress, that anxiety, it's just off your shoulders. It, it frees you up. And it seems like the team is filled and feeding off that a little bit. And yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe that here they come. I just, the Vikings and Kirk Cousins, boy, do you really trust them with a minute 12 to go to go to the Super Bowl? Or do you trust Tom Brady? You know, if, if that was a scenario. Right? Yeah, I, right. Exactly. I mean, I 100% agree with you. And the Vikings are good. And so are the Eagles. I, I like the Eagles better than the Vikings. But yeah, the NFC, the NFC could be a wild playoff run. Uh, the Giants are probably going to get in there. I, I don't know how. This is we spoke about the Elks a few weeks ago. Like I said, past few years I've liked their roster. Um, now it seems like they got the right coach. I still don't know if Daniel Jones can play or not. I mean, he could. He definitely could play in the NFL. I just don't know if he's a guy. He's probably not. But it's just the NFC is 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 wild this year. Right. And it seems like a lot of mediocre teams and. That's that's one thing I noticed online a lot is a lot of comments that the NFC's got no chance. I've seen that so many times where one conference has no chance and they right. end up winning the Super Bowl. Oh, absolutely, they do. Because it's one game. Yeah, that's the difference with football. All right, so we're going to talk about this, and I kind of we talked about it before we started recording here. That the thing that makes the NFL so compelling is the parity. You never know, you know. Kind of the joke is, is whoever loses the Super Bowl usually doesn't even go to the playoffs the next year. Um, and, and it's true. I mean, it just it's just facts that it's really, really hard to win football games consistently in the NFL. And that just goes to show what the Patriots and Tom Brady did is just so unbelievable. And, and what they've done um, is just so out of the norm. You know, you look at Aaron Rodgers, you look at Brett Favre, look at Peyton Manning. 
you know, mm-hmm. one Super Bowl, two Super Bowls, you know, they, they didn't go every year. And, you know, some of the reasons they do that. I think the number one thing is it's there is only 17 games. I think that is a huge factor in this. So each game matters a little bit more. There's much more weight, you know, when, you know, the Yankees lose to, you know, Detroit on May 15th, that game doesn't matter that much. No. Um, When Washington commanders beat the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday night, that game matters Mm -hmm. a lot. And so that's, you know, basketball is 81 games. Baseball is 162. Um, So I think that's one thing where it just, you know, no one takes days off, you know. People take days off in basketball and football and baseball. There's no days off in football. Now, way more people get hurt, and so they miss days, but they don't just take days off. You never hear they're resting a guy for rest unless it's the end of the year and nothing matters, you know. Or they're a veteran and yeah, right. they've already got a seed locked up. I get yep. yeah, your point. Your point they're not stands. taking just time off. Yeah, and no, your other point thing, stands. Obviously, the draft, but but everyone does that. Well, the NBA is a little different where they have the lottery, so it doesn't guarantee um, that the worst team got the best pick. Um, but that's that's other thing. The, the worst team gets the number one pick. So, obviously, that helps. Then the other thing that people don't understand is when you are the division champion out of, a, out of one of the divisions, your schedule is way harder than – you know, like the Green Bay Packers schedule is a lot harder this year than the Chicago Bears schedule or the Detroit Lions schedule. And I, I think people forget about that. So it is yep. harder to stay on top. Um, the Bears will have an extra game with, you know, the New Orleans Saints or something. Than, than a lower end team. Yeah. You know, well, so they play the NFC South. The Bears will play the Saints. The Packers will play the Buccaneers, you know. Well, which one's harder? Well, obviously the Buccaneers are way better than the Saints. Something to that effect. And so there's a, and then obviously the salary cap. And the salary cap in the NFL is much more stringent than the others. Um, there's not just paying luxury tax and paying fines or doing mm-hmm. whatever you want. Uh, for whatever reason, the NFL truly holds their cap really hard you know that's kind of a weird word to say but yeah that's right though like there's a salary cap in baseball but Detroit compared to or Minnesota compared to the Dodgers or the Yankees the Dodgers and Yankees are just okay so I have to pay an extra 50 million dollars I don't care they'll do it you know so um for whatever reason they do that differently and you know, and then I, I then you know the TV money. I mean, there's just so much more money in the NFL, and you know they share it, and everybody's making money. And then I think the other thing is the non-guaranteed contracts are a huge deal. So when you miss on a player, he does not have to ruin, you know. 
uh, uh, team for the next five years. It might ruin them for a year or two. Cut mm-hmm. them and move on. You know, you know, Bryce Harper signed 10 years, 300 and whatever million dollars. You know, if something happens where he can't play very much or whatever, that sets Philadelphia back a long ways. And and I think that's another thing that the NFL does a lot better than the other sports in trying to create equality and parity. What do you think of all those things, Trev? I think you're exactly right. It brings a lot of the small cities in the NFL into play. Green Bay, Kansas City, uh, some of these smaller markets that typically like in baseball, it's New York, Boston, L.A. Uh, the, the NFL can survive without those cities. Now, it does help when those teams are playing good. But as you mentioned, the salary cap, uh, less games, which the NFL by by nature has to be less games because yeah well and the big thing with the tv money is they truly split it you know yes and and baseball it's not split you know they all have their own networks and you know the yankees own their own network you know the new york giants don't own their own network you know it's just not the way the nfl operates so so yeah that's where you know green bay gets the same amount of tv money as the new york giants well, and, and this year, not not to say that any sport doesn't have their surprise teams because they always do, but you look going into this year, Seattle's playing way better. Minnesota's playing good. Yep. Uh, Miami, the New York Giants. Nobody saw the New York Giants coming. Uh, Denver's playing terrible. Not They're a bad team, obviously. Uh, the Rams are playing like you-know-what, but yep. it just brings so many of these other – like every year there's going to be probably two or three teams in each division – each conference, I said, Shay, that that don't make the playoffs that did the year before. Yep. And that opens up. There's new hope for every team. I mean, the Jaguars started off hot. Then they kind of came back to reality. They're still the Jags, but they got the fans excited, right? They were they were interested. And the Jag, I, they're playing better under right. under Doug Peterson, but they're, they're still not a good team. But you look at a team like, I think the perfect example this year is the Giants, the Seahawks. Like, where in the world did they come from? Right. Nobody has any idea. But for those fan bases, it's exciting. Yeah, I saw a thing today where, you know, the, the Dolphins are seven and three. They haven't been seven and three since Tom Brady was a rookie. It's like eight head coaches, you know, 28 quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, it's un- I mean, just the stats are unreal. That's what you've seen. You yeah. know, like like four presidents, you know, I mean, it's like <laughs> it's not good. No. But uh, but here they are. Uh, two is an MVP candidate. Tyreek Hill. Two is undefeated when he starts and finishes a game. But that's that's the thing that makes the NFL so fun is like you just get these stories every year that you just don't expect them. We all thought, well, we all thought probably the Chargers and the Broncos were going to be good. Yeah, the, the Chargers have a winning record. Uh, I I don't necessarily believe in them just yet, and the Broncos are about as bad as yeah. They're it's not good. the Broncos are bad yeah and you know look at the Packers they fell off the map the Vikings are leading the division that that, that's a good thing the NFL is going I mean the Bengals struggled there for a while seems like they're getting back on track uh, along with the Ravens Uh, we we all thought the Bills were gonna just run away with things now they're coming back down to earth yeah I mean it it looks like the AFC is gonna run through Kansas City again might be five in a row AFC championship games in Kansas City 
that's going to be really, really damn impressive. But you're right. That's probably what it's going to be. And that's that is very tough to do because a lot of people don't factor in. That's a lot of extra games in the playoffs. And that does add up. It, it may not sound like much, but when your regular season's only 16 games, now it's 17, those extra games, they do matter. Yeah. As cliche as it, as it sounds, it, those those extra games do take a toll on people's bodies. Yeah, and especially when you get to the playoffs and you get to the championship game every year, you know, kind of like, you know, Tom Brady's played a whole nother season or more in the playoffs, you know, so he's played 23 years in the NFL, but he's really played like 24 compared to some people that don't get to the playoffs every year. <laughs> he's Tom Brady's like 94 in NFL years. Yeah. Oh, it's it's unbelievable. And, and, and baseball is like that now too, where these certain guys that get to the playoffs every year, they uh they've got a whole nother career highlights and career stats in the playoffs. You know, and it, it's crazy. It is, it is, but you brought up a good point. The the NFL just has the perfect mix between salary cap, scheduling, just just everything that you can think of, the parody, the draft. The, the NFL really does, you know, I don't, they do, they do the best job. I don't yeah. think that can be argued. They, they do, they the do, sports. they do better than Major League Baseball. They do better than the and uh, the NBA. I mean, the NBA, it's all about two or three MVP guys getting together and they're going to win it. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the NFL has got to go on right. Um, you know, there, there's always going to be stuff with the officials here and there that comes up and little controversies. But the NFL is in a really good spot right now, I think, when they have been for quite a while. So it should be should be a good uh, a good playoff run. I, I don't know who's going to come out of any conference. Oh, this yeah. is, I mean, it's, it's going to start to get wild. Yep. Now we're, we're midway through November and it is time to wrap it up. Uh you know, figuring out who's going where for the playoffs in both college football and the NFL. But again, thanks uh, tonight, Trev, and we'll talk to you next week. All right. You enjoy the rest of your night. All right. See you later.